Mark 10, verses 17 through 31, and you can find it on the front of your bulletin. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go back to teachers for a minute, like Ray and like Phil. Lynn, did you, were you a teacher or did you raise one? There you go. Well, again, I, I'm, I, I'm proud of you for raising two of them, and I'm proud of teachers. Um, they, they are the ones who make every other job possible, if you think about it. So uh, I, I wanted to recognize them, but also recognizing and recognize in this passage that Jesus is in the role of teacher. Uh, this was a time where if you were rich, you were obviously blessed by God. That's what they believed. And now with just a few short sentences, as Jesus is so good at doing, he knocks that idea right back into the well where it belongs, nice and deep and hidden. And they ask the question, well, if that's not true, then who can be saved? I'd say that's a rather important question for us as well, isn't it? Oh, Lord, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the gift of your presence with us. We thank you for the gift of your word. And ask your Holy Spirit to be interpreter. And the one who gives us the energy to keep going and to keep doing in your strength alone. For it's your holy name we would live and serve and glorify. Amen. Now, have you heard the one about the camel? Stop me if you've heard it. Jewish humor was filled with the ridiculous and the impossible. Jesus used the largest animal in Israel, a camel, and the smallest of openings, a needle, and said, try to get a camel through that. Now that's what we call a real knee slapper. Jesus liked camel jokes. You might remember that in Matthew 23. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you guys strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. Why aren't you laughing? That's funny. The Aramaic word for gnat is galma, and the word for camel is galma. They're so close. They sound alike. Jesus was playing off those words. Jesus said the Pharisees strain out the galmas, but swallow the gamlas. Get it? Everybody's a critic. Maybe you just don't appreciate Jewish humor. But behind the humor of the camel and the needle is a very important teaching that Jesus is sharing. The passage today introduces us to the rich young ruler. Uh, most of us, most of the time when we refer to him, that's how we refer to him, as rich young ruler. Do you know why? Because he's always been called that? Because that's what my parents called him? That's what my Sunday school teacher called him? Matthew tells us he was a young man. So there's the young. Luke describes him as a ruler. So there's the ruler part. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell us he was rich. And there he is, the rich young ruler. And he did so many things right. Oh, so very right. He took his faith seriously. You don't go seeking out your pastor, in this case Jesus, unless you're taking your faith seriously. You wait until Sunday when it will be convenient. This guy couldn't wait till Saturday. He couldn't wait till the Jewish Sabbath. He had to speak with the rabbi. He was taking his faith Seriously, he knew he needed more in his life. He came to Jesus. He came to the right person. 
And he came with the right energy. He was running. He came with the right attitude. He knelt. First thing he did was kneel before Jesus. He came with the right question. How can I inherit eternal life? He came to Jesus running and smiling and full of hope. But he walked away with a heart full of sorrow. Someone described him as a man who had two things, everything and nothing. He was wealthy. His bank accounts were full. But he turned away from Jesus with nothing. Now, that's not exactly what we expect when someone encounters Jesus, is it? He turned away from Jesus. Is there a message here for you? We've been talking about evangelism a lot. And a lot of people just don't do it because, well, I don't know what they're going to say or think. Let me give you a guarantee. If you dare to tell others about Jesus Christ, you will be rejected. There is no doubt of that. You will be rejected. So get rid of that notion now. You don't have to be afraid of it because you know it's coming. You know it's going to happen. Even Jesus was rejected. He was rejected in his hometown. Jesus was certainly rejected on the cross. And here this rich young ruler turns away from Jesus. Who does that? He turned away from Jesus. And what did Jesus do? He didn't chase after him, grab him by the arm and say, where do you think you're going? I'm not done yet. Obviously, I haven't preached well enough. I've got to preach another sermon before you go. Jesus didn't hit him over the head with a Bible and yell, what are you thinking? I am eternal life. Don't turn away from me. Jesus didn't start quoting scripture. He didn't beg the man to say the sinner's prayer. He let him walk away. So what happened? So what happened to this person whose name could have been Steve or John or Fran or Dave or Sherilyn or Jim or Dallas or Phil or y'all getting the idea here? You getting the idea, Karen? His name could have been Karen. <laughs> what made him walk away from Jesus? Every Jew knew the Ten Commandments by heart. What's wrong with this picture? One, two, four, five, six, seven. Did you even have to think about it? You knew I skipped the number, right? Well... Uh, this rich young ruler 
would have noticed immediately that there was something wrong. Jesus skipped a number. He wouldn't have had to even think about, uh, Rabbi, you skipped one. Let's see, do not murder, check. Do not commit adultery, check. Honor your mother and father, check. Thou shalt not covet. <gasps> ah, there it is. Jesus knew that this man already had a God in his life. His God was gold and his creed was greed. And our God will not share the throne of our hearts with anyone or with anything. So Jesus told him, go, sell all you have and give the money to the poor. So is that it? Go home, get on eBay, sell everything you own, and give the money to the poor. Here's a question. Would you be willing to do it? If Jesus was the one directing you to go and sell all, would you do it? Or would you hang your head and walk away? Here's the good news. For every person, it's different. Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they were both wealthy men, but Jesus never told either of them to go and to sell. Jesus knew that their possessions did not possess them. Hear this. If you don't take anything else home with you today, take this truth home. God designs a spiritual plan just for you. Tailor-made to you. It's unique. It's for us. It won't fit anybody else. You know, there was a lawyer who came to Jesus and asked him the very same question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus did not tell him to go and sell. This wasn't plug and play where Jesus says, okay, if you ask this, this is how I answer. And it's the same answer for everybody. It's not. Instead, Jesus told this lawyer the story of the Good Samaritan. Jesus knew the lawyer's God was pride. So he told him a story challenging him to love this hated enemy, this mixed race and mixed faith nation. In other words, your love is too small. Your pride is getting in the way. Love your neighbor, even your Gentile neighbor. Think of a person you can't stand. Oh, I know, you're going to say, I'm a Christian. I would never admit to that. Yeah, but I bet you could still come up with one. 
Most of us can have that some that somebody in our lives. Oh, I, I, I would never say this, but I can't stand that person. Name someone who can't stand you. You might be the name someone else is coming up with. Who knows? Someone who makes you angry, your blood pressure rise. Someone who's hurt you. What if Jesus told you to be reconciled to them? Would you? If Jesus was the one directing you, would you? Or would you hang your head and walk away? By the way, that rich young ruler, what did I tell you his name was? Amen. Amen.